This game diary is brought to you by Flamin' Hot Doritos. If you want to ensure that you wake up with a solid case of pink eye and you're itching to go through all that extra toilet paper you bought in a panic a year ago, try Flamin' Hot Doritos. But no joke, I got a crazy eye infection and it's consuming most of my thoughts. All right. We got the American League East leading Red Sox against the Jays in Fenway Park. And I just got caught up in a Spotify wormhole of epic love songs and I'm all opened up and feeling vulnerable and I see Trent, the earthworm Thornton warming up and I start to tear up a bit and it's mostly pus from my eye, but there's just something about the worm. Love them. Socks have Garrett Richards on the hill. Looks like a classic socks starter made from equal parts cigarettes, brill cream and infidelity. Kevin Biggio's back in the leadoff spot for the first time this year and playing third base. Okay, Semyon moves down to sixth in the order. Maybe this shakes things up. Seems cold in Boston. Richard seems off. Walks Biggio. He drills Bo, who looks pissed, but it's completely non-threatening. And then the prince, Vladdy G, says, you don't hit my boy. And he smashes a first pitch single to left, and it's one nothing Jays. Rowdy Telez batting cleanup, says thanks for the boat of confidence, and he immediately duffs into a double play. I am anxiously Googling my eye symptoms. It seems I either have cancer or COVID, and I'm not sure what's worse. My vision is getting blurry, so maybe I'm not seeing correctly, but I think Marcus Simeon just got a hit. Whoa, what? Bichette tanks a ball at shortstop. That seems right. Richards is walking everyone, and he seems really stressed. Like, really stressed. I start wondering if killers have his wife in a dungeon, and if he doesn't win the game, then she's toast. He's so off that he walks Danny Jansen, and even Danny is like, dude, get it together. I'm happy to hit the ball nine inches or strike out on three pitches. You choose. Garrett Richards is firing rockets to the first baseman on pickoff attempts. It's actually scary. The game should be stopped. Someone needs to talk to him. The first baseman, Bobby Dalbeck, is like, man, relax. We're going to find your wife. I promise. Bichette is up and he says, who cares about my elderly years? And he throws his back out on a single that drives in Danny Jansen, who the last time he crossed home plate was on his wedding night. Hi-yo, it's 3 nothing Tirana. Then it's Vladdy's turn. He rips a double and says, say goodbye to your wife. It's 4 nothing." Is the story with this guy in the Speedy Auto Glass commercial that he killed his family and he now works at an auto body shop? Because that's what I'm getting. Okay, so I got like 30 minutes before the pharmacy closes and I need to get eye drops. This thing is starting to foam. I get my earbuds and my shoes and I'm listening to the game now on the radio as I am running to Shoppers Drug Mart in my jeans. I really like the simulcast. I don't care what anyone says, it works. The Jays are in a bind. Tommy Malone lets up a couple of runs and thank God I'm listening on the radio because you look at Tommy Malone's face too long and it's like you've experienced the Vietnam War. It's 4-2 and Phelps is on the mound and the bases are loaded for Xander Bogarts. Through the traffic and my breathing, I can hear Dan Schulman say, this might be the biggest moment of the game. And they get Bogarts to ground out to shortstop, which is not only hard to do, it's hard for us to get an out at shortstop. I make it to Shoppers Drug Mart, little polysporin drop, couple delicio pizzas, a perfect marriage. Ryan Baraki is in and he is dominant. The weed dealer is dealing weed at a discount. Two scoreless innings. It's 4-2, and just when you thought you'd be in bed by midnight, here comes Rafael Dolis. 
I was in the kitchen banging my cupboards violently to let the mice know who's boss, and I hear Bogart's belt a home run off Dolis on an impossible pitch. It's an unbelievable homer, and it's 4-3. Ground ball to Biggio, and he just calmly whips that thing straight into the ground for a second time of the game, and maybe the 15th time this year. Luckily, in the ninth, Alejandro Kirk lines a ball to right field, a massive run-scoring single. Next is Grishik, single, 6-3. Bottom of nine, Tim Meza has a shot at his first career save, but after getting two outs, Montoyo says, your dreams don't matter, and Castro comes in and gets the save, and it's 6-3. The Jays win. It was disgusting, but it got the job done a lot like stag chili. Oh, baby, ladies and gentlemen, this is Underdogs. It is Thursday, April 22nd. My name is Jacob Eamon. With that incredible game diary was David Patrick Fleming. Uh, We're recording at noon right now. Uh, Last I saw outside, it's snowing in Toronto, so how about that? Uh, The Blue Jays come off with with a big win in Fenway. You know, maybe the best place to play baseball. Maybe the best, maybe the best atmosphere in sports history. Whoa. Whoa. Did you say history? Uh, best atmosphere in sports history. Maybe. Yeah, maybe, maybe. Even with 4,000 fans or whatever it is, I still love a game in Fenway. I love a series against the Red Sox. We split it down the middle. I don't know. I'm feeling, I'm feeling okay about that. Given, given the circumstances, given where the Red Sox have been at, um, we had we had Trent the Worm, the Earthworm Thornton. I did, I don't know, David. What do you think? What's a what's a better nickname, the Worm or Thorny Thorndog? I know when I saw that when they do that little <laughs> bit with uh, Hazel in the middle of the game, Thorny Thorndog. I was like, dude, you're the Worm. Okay, like grow up. You're the Worm. <laughs> I I loved I loved learning a bit more about him, hearing those stories. Like it it see it seemed like the kind of stuff that we shouldn't know. That they would like really keep to themselves. Yeah, I feel like Thornton's agent has like really been on the team or something to give him a little bit more backstory, maybe give him a little more featured elements or like I don't know why, but we've we've been seeing a little a little more of uh-huh. the worm. Uh-huh. I, I I don't know. I just suddenly I like him way, way more. You know, even yesterday, the interview that he had. Was it yesterday? Or was it? I don't know. Times times all messed no, it was, up. It was it was the first game. Yeah. So they're talking to him, and Hazel's like, "We heard that you signed your name next to Justin Verlander, and we're just wondering why you didn't uh, decide to, you know, sign as far far away as possible from that Hall of Famer." And he just he just has a good laugh. It seemed like everything that she said, he was just like, <laughs> "Yeah, yeah." I- I, I thought about that too because it was really funny, and I think maybe Hazel knows him, maybe knows his sense of humor, mm-hmm. because I thought it was funny to sort of just openly rip him for not having a chance at the Hall of Fame, oh, which yeah. I mean he doesn't, but it's still just a weird thing to say to somebody. Yeah, she she had some bite to it. I I loved it, but uh, yeah. I can't remember any of the little things that they mentioned alongside Thorny Thorndog, but like just talking about him and university or college or whatever he sounds like the cape cod league the cape cod league he sounds like a jokester yeah i love it um game one uh real tough real tough for the blue jays um rodriguez i don't i don't know that guy he was dealing i, I guess he's the best pitcher on the red sox this season was he dealing 
I, I mean, I know that he did well, and I know the Blue Jays didn't get much off him. He's one of those pitchers when you watch him, you don't know what it is necessarily about him that makes him as effective as he is. He's not, you know, lighting up the radar gun. His stuff doesn't look like it's got a ton of movement on it, but he he made them look pretty bad. Yeah. But imagine looking in the mirror, you know, at your your Rodriguez, I, you you're deciding to trim your beard, you're looking it up, lining it up, doing doing what he did to his face and thinking yeah, that looks good. That looks good. It looks like it's designed to give the illusion of him having a double chin. Like it's it's it the beard completely ends right at the tip of the chin, so everything below it is long. And then he's got no nothing on the chin. So it just it, it, it from a distance you're like, "Oh, that dude's that dude's fat and he's got a double chin." You get up close and you're like, "No, you just have the worst beard in the world." For God's sakes, Jacob, he has myocarditis. Is that what is that a beard disease? <laughs> I think so. I think it's when your beard just naturally stops right at the edge of your chin and then your neck fat hangs down. All right. Okay. Okay. I don't know. I don't know. Just some guys make some really bad decisions with their beards in the major leagues. I'll leave it there. Yeah, they really do. Um, let's talk last night though. I mean, oh baby. That 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 was a that was a better game to watch. Cavan, let's start here. Cavan, let's lead off with Cavan in the leadoff, because it's like Ross Atkins came through in our reviews again um he 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 left us another five-star review i guess it it somehow eliminated the past review and just was the new message which was the title of the message was happy birthday jake jacob j-a-k-u-b and then in the body of the review it just said happy birthday jacob but it was spelled j-a-k-o-b and for those listeners out there who don't know me personally my name is jacob with a k so you know ross I mean, I don't know what the signals he's sending me are these days, but it's like he he knows it's my birthday. He remembered me telling him about that, about what I wanted for my birthday. And, uh, you know, he gave us another five-star review, but he's messing with my head a little bit with that little name. Little name. Well, maybe disc. he wasn't sure how it was spelled and he wanted to give you both options just to let you know that he he's open to however you choose to spell your name. Maybe... Maybe the original name of Jacob is with you, and oh. it's only been changed over many, many years to the to the more commonly known O. But Jacob with a K is already just so outlandish well, as a name and a spelling of a name. It's just it's it's vulgar. Well, I, I'm still gonna thank Ross for giving us the review. Um, if you're out there and you want to help us out, you want to have community. Communication. It seems like we've actually figured out a way to have some sort of communications with with the fans here. You know, if even if you don't want to leave us a review, you can just comment. You can just say something to us. And and given what we're doing now and talking about every review, I think it, I think it's it's fair game. I mean, we got another five star, great, eloquent written review from a guy named Ski Bop. <laughs> I, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna read through the whole thing. It's it's really nice though. He 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 loves the show. Um, that that much is clear. If you love the show, please leave us a review. Keep coming up with these wild names too. Like I don't know, uh, Ski Bop. It's like I don't know if people are too embarrassed to like use their real name and yeah, have it associated that's what with. I was a, just thinking. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like if you meet somebody and and you know you're kind of getting along with them, and then they want to ask you for your number, and you tell them that your name's Jeff. Right. Right. Like I don't want you to know who I am. I don't want you to talk to anybody about having met me. 
look, I'm, you guys are begging for reviews. We're willing to give you a little review, but in no way, shape or form am I putting my real name or my real account on this review. This is just like me giving some money to a homeless person right now. Just please take this <laughs> review and leave us the fuck alone. My name's Skeebop. Leave it there. <laughs> <laughs> And then later we get a, a message. Uh, my name actually is Ski Bop. I was born with the name Ski Bop, and I don't appreciate being made fun of. Yeah, like, all right, calm down there, Josh Goldberg. <laughs> um, anyway, um, so Ross clearly listened to the show. He gave us the review. He wished me a happy birthday, and he thought, oh, Jacob might be onto something there. Put me. Maybe we should try and put Kevin Biggio back in the leadoff spot where he was the most successful. You know, set it up for set it up for Bo, and lo and behold, I mean, what a great night at the plate for a leadoff man, Kevin Biggio, right? Yeah, over over three. I love that. Like you love when a guy's over three. That's a great night as a leadoff. Was it actually over? Th- drove. He was over three. Drove in a run on a fielder's choice, and he walked. Walked twice. And okay, he came around sure to score uh, with the okay. with one of those walks. I don't, if you drive in a run, you've sacrificed well, driving a run and you walk twice as the leadoff man. I'm I'm feeling like you've had a pretty good night. Garrett Richards would have walked me or you last night. That man was not looking to pitch baseballs. He was looking to kill somebody. So so how how genius is that? Is the combination of of Ross and and Charlie Montoya and all the front office people thinking, oh, we got this guy who's a bit wild. Let's get Cavan in there. Get him back in his groove. Get him back in the walk mode. We got this guy who's who can't get past two innings because he's so wild. I think. I think the ball was wet and it was cold. So then your hand just turns into like ice. I think he couldn't get a feel of the ball. So I don't think it was the worm. The worm was doing fine. The worm is like got lava hands, dude. (laughs) He's got like. He's got like sticky worm hands. He just grabs that ball and it like sticks to his hand like he's Spider-Man. Yeah. Oh, maybe that's a ooh, maybe that's a good like uh you know there's all those those different sticky substances that uh, people cook up for the baseballs. Maybe worm juice is is the the worm yeah, secret. He, sells, he can sell jars of worm juice to the other <laughs> pitchers in the league and even if he doesn't make it to the Hall of Fame, he'll be a a multimillionaire just in his company alone yeah, from his excretions. <laughs> Uh, I don't know. Are you sure about this, man? It doesn't smell good. <laughs> Just try it. Just try it. <laughs> uh, man, Garrett Richards, um, I don't find it all that surprising hearing about his injury history. Like looking at his at his delivery, that thing, like it looks like he's like, <laughs> it looks like he's got a catapult or something. He reaches back and like, it doesn't look like he looks where he's throwing just like hucks it as hard as he can in the general direction oh man i felt dude would you rather would you rather this is a real question would you rather have faced him as a hitter last night or been bobby delbeck at first base because i'm not even kidding that looked so scary yeah he was like crow hopping To get those throws to, he was even Dan Schulman, who was like, and he is just firing that ball to first base. That was my favorite part of the night last night. That conversation <laughs> that they had about how hard he was throwing to first base. Because <laughs> I was sitting there laughing at him just even before they started talking about it. I was going to do a whole segment on the show about how hard he was throwing to first base. It was just incredible. Oh. Man. It was weird. It was so weird. I felt, and then when he threw it away, I feel like they were like, "All right, man, you've made your point. Okay, everybody, calm down." 
I felt really sad for him um, off the top. When he hit Bo and Bo looked at him, camera cuts back to him and he's sweating, you know, he's blowing like, dude, like he didn't have command. And that's what I'm saying. When the game diary, he looks stressed, man, or like a, a weird type of stress that wasn't about the game. It looked to me like he needed to go to the bathroom. Like he felt sick. He's sweating. Like he's just trying to get it over with, trying to throw it as fast as possible. But yours makes more sense with the wife. Well, that'd be a good John Boy breakdown if when he hit Bo and then you see Garrett Richards mouth the words to Bo, sorry, man, I have to take a <laughs> shit. Sorry, yeah. sorry. Um, but the look that Bo gave him and then the look on Richards' face, I felt, I just felt bad for him. And I was like, this dude's an underdog. You know, and suddenly I don't want the Blue, Blue Jays to rough him up anymore. I, I I feel so my heart is is breaking for him. I just want him to have a bit of success, but because like Bo's like I'm gonna fight you, and he's like I can't throw the ball anywhere. Like you saw, did you see me do the four pitch walk to to Cavan beforehand? Obviously, I'm not trying to hit you, man. Okay, back that truck up just a bit here. You think that Bo Bichette actually would have fought him? No, I just mean the look no that he gave way. him, like. He was, but he do was you think offended. if they did fight, that Bo would be successful in that? I think that um, I don't think I don't think Garrett would fight. I think he's like Bo would storm to him and be like, "I'm sorry, man. I'm sorry." Like and he'd kind of cower and like be sweating, and uh, Bo would be like, I, "All right, I guess I guess just stop hitting me, man." It's like, don't throw the ball so close to my hair. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Um. But while we're talking about Bo Bichette, I had this thought, man. Like, I don't care who is hitting bad ever, like who is in a slump ever for the rest of their careers. I don't ever, ever want to see Bichette and Guerrero not back, back to back again. The connection that they have, like that time when 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 Vlad hit the double, when Bo was on first, Bo went to third, Vlad's at second, and they look at each other and they have that connection. Every Everything made sense to me. I saw the future. I saw the playoffs. I felt the atmosphere, and I saw those two are so interconnected. Their careers, their, everything is like, it's it's like two DNA things spinning around each other. They're That's fucking funny. partners, like, like cops, like ride or die, Batman. man. Batman and Robin, man. Uh, Oh, but when they were playing the Red Sox last night, and they're in Fenway Park, and I was, and I was like, "What do I, what do I, what do I feel about this Red Sox team?" You know, I was thinking that with the Yankees too, because I was like, "These are going to be the guys like that we are going to battle against all year and for years to come." You know, get rid of the Angels, get rid of the Rangers, the Royals, whatever. Like it's these divisional rivals, and I'm like, "This is these are the guys. Like this is our team for the next while." Like Guerrero, Bichette. For sure, you know, mm-hmm. I maybe not even Biggio. Who knows at this point? Right. Who really knows? Yeah. But it just it had that 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 feeling to it that you're that you're talking about. But it it was heightened for me because the fact that they're in Boston and they're in Fenway Park and the and the Red Sox are first in the East and it's just more important to me and obviously to them yeah. than it is facing guys in other divisions yeah. or the Orioles. Yeah. 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 Like I, I was at the point where I was like, if one of them slumping and has to go down on the order, I want the other one going with him. Like that stays, <laughs> that stays. <laughs> I don't care. I don't care. So it's gotta, it's gotta go Springer, Bo, Vlad. And I don't see how that changes for the next couple of years. 
I'm telling you right now, man, if Bo doesn't relax on some of those swings, he's going to be on the IL for a lot of his career. Right. If, like, I don't care. He's young. He's fit. No doubt. He's athletic. No doubt. He's aggressive. No doubt. When he connects on those swings, see ya. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I mean, you saw a guy just his age, maybe a year younger, and Tatis swinging and uh, taking his shoulder out of joint. Yeah. I, I just, it's got to be a matter of time before his back's like, no, man, we can't, we can't keep this up. Yeah. I would like to see, like, you know, when they like break, like they use like video game, when they create video games and they have like cameras on all the body and you can see everything that's happening. Like, I would like to see how the motion or the, the torque, where the energy goes to. And if there's a way, if he's figured out a way that he can put that much violence into a swing and that keeps the energy goes through and out somehow and not like, I don't know if that's making any sense. I- I think you're absolutely right. I think he does do that. But all I'm saying is that it just takes one time where there's just something a slightly off. Right. Or like maybe there's a muscle that's just tight from something else or like something going on mentally. Because for sure, if he could repeat like an incredibly fluid motion that was harmless to the body, yeah, great. But it's it's a very difficult thing to repeat that over and over and over again with that much torque. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, yeah, you can totally imagine just like his, his, uh, spike on his cleat gets kind of stuck and he's not able to spin his knee and like his, his whole body just like does a, does a 360 while his knee, his foot's still in the same place and he kind of spins around his leg and it kind of falls off. He had a knee injury last year. Right. That's probably why. Like, yeah, that's probably why. That's what they were saying last year. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe he could get like a rotating spinny thing on the bottom, like a hitting <laughs> shoe. Yeah. He can just he can he can just spin on it like a top. Now, with your next purchase of worm juice, get a <laughs> cleat spinner made for Bobochette. Yeah. Today's episode is brought to you by Skechers <laughs> and uh, Clayton Kershaw and his oh. super, super preppy uh, outfit. There. Like, just to remind Dude. you that Clayton Kershaw is the nicest, most wholesome uh, Texan in California. Now, you brought that up. I was going to talk about this later, but because when I saw that commercial, I was like, Clayton Kershaw, Hall of Famer, Clayton Kershaw, and Skechers? I was like, I feel so sad. So my question for you is I'm going to give you a list. You tell me which athlete's commercial makes you sadder. We'll go Clayton Kershaw, Skechers. Mm -hmm. We're going to go any of Shaq's Icy Hot, General Insurance, whatever that printer ink one is that he does. Uh, we're going to do Raptors GIF commercial <laughs> and then we're going to, and then we're going to do Blue Jays 50, 50. <laughs> if you're talking about the Raptors GIF commercial too, you have to include the new Boucher, uh, Mary Brown's chicken with Matt Devlin too. <laughs> oh, yeah. Will Boucher <laughs> be able to get this snack tray? He does. What I don't like about the commercials, they they have to insert the ball going into the net. They can't get it on a one shot. Yeah. I was like, what? Did he just clank the rim all afternoon? <laughs> I was like, why do they have to get that on an insert? And the terrible fake Raptors jersey chevron that they have that just says Boucher on the front. <laughs> Looks like someone made in a school project or the science fair or something. Ooh, okay. So um, what makes me the saddest though from those options? I'm going to, first off, 
I'm eliminating any of Shaq's commercials. Shaq is the most like I don't know. He's completely different when he's on the panel. He's talking, oh, he's the devil. And you yeah. can't, he's got no vocal energy. Once he gets in those commercials, man, he starts yeah. dancing. He's got this bright energy. His voice goes up two octaves. You can hear him clear. He's so charming, hilarious. Britney's like, I love these Shaq commercials. I don't care what it is. Yeah. Like, he, he, you can't be embarrassed because he's just like, it looks like he doesn't care and he has so much fun doing them. Love Shaq. Uh, for me, it comes down to Raptors, Jeff, or Jay's 50 50. I don't, and that's, that's a tough one. I, yeah, I, the Boucher one, or even those Osmos Raptors ones too, where the, where the, like it was Fred and Norm Powell, and they're like in an Osmos, like eating shawarmas or something. That was pretty bad. But I think I think the Boucher Mary Brown's chicken has got to be the worst one of all of them. I don't mind. I don't mind the Raptor the the Jays fifty fifty. You know. Oh my God, man! It's that there's a moment in that if you could just snip it out where Stephen Matz has his little bit where it's. Oh my god, man! It'll, you'll 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 drop to a knee. Oh, it's it's uh, tough. He, I know exactly so... what you're talking about. I know his line. <laughs> I know all of their lines. I I spend about five minutes after each time doing impressions of each of them. And Brucky's so like uncomfortable, but like like just sort of making fun of it. But they're just able to snip the edit just enough to get where he's not like ripping it apart. Yeah. And Randall's like he's like trained for this. He's like so confident. He's like, no, I don't need your lines. I've got my own line. Let me stare right into the camera, get up close, and just say yeah. as big as a walk off home run. And they're like, whoa, whoa. And Randall Randall's like, don't worry, I was a child model and actor. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, Stephen Matt's like he's he's really unhappy to be there. As big as the big nickel. <laughs> and then and then they're like each each of them are like, hey, so so we, we got Mads to say that big nickel thing and everyone's like, what's the big nickel? And you know, that's that's fair. Um, Peggy's Cove, I don't I don't recall it being all that big. You know, you, you go up to Peggy's Cove, it's kinda like a one way road, very small. It's a it's a large rock, I would say, but you know, I'm not I'm not thinking of it as a big place. How about you? Uh well, I mean, you're right up my alley now because I have multiple pictures of me as a young child on Peggy's Cove, on the rocks with my family. That lighthouse is a staple of my imagination sure. of my youth. Sure. Um, so, you know, I don't even bat an eyelash when they say it. I'm like, damn right, Peggy's Cove. But I could see how, I mean, I guarantee you there's people in, many people in Canada that are like, I have no idea what Peggy's Cove is. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Jonathan Davis, very charming in that. Lots of energy. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, Clayton Kershaw, Skechers. It's too bad, you know. You think? Yeah, it's like, like Skechers. Like that's like five tiers down. Like no Reebok, no Nike, no Adidas, uh, no uh, Under Armour. Like unless unless Skechers is such a different tier that you can do both. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like Skechers doesn't even care. Nike doesn't even care. It is. I will say it's different. I feel like in the States, like celebrities and sports athletes, they do so many more commercials for things that like in Canada, it, it, it would be shocking for like a company as low as they are. It's, it's like when they do the Mary Brown's one, you're like, what, how how do how do you guys even have enough money for, I've never heard of Mary Brown's chicken. Now suddenly you've got Chris Boucher. I guess (laughs) Boucher is probably not that expensive, but um, well, Bautista did Booster Juice. That had some sadness to it as well. That was a bit. Oof. I don't know. I love Booster Juice. 
big, big why? fan of why? booster juice. What do you mean, why? Wait, you don't own a blender? You can't make your own smoothie? Like, what are you getting booster juice for? That is the worst argument I've ever heard for getting, like, every, you can't you can't put a piece of meat on a frying pan and make a burger? Of course I can. You can't buy frozen vegetables and a little bit of whey powder? I love booster juice. Don't don't disparage it. I love Jose Bautista there. I love going in there and they got the cut out of him. It's great. It's great. Um anyway, uh I loved loved seeing Barucky out there, the weed dealer back in fine form. I felt like it, it had been a while since I had seen him. I don't know about you. Like I just feel like he's hardly pitched this season. I'm sure that's probably well, not he the had case. the he had the he he had to go away for COVID for a little bit. I don't think he got COVID, but I think he was maybe around somebody that had it or oh, something. Okay. And so he was out for a while. But I agree. The Baraki time was the time when I was listening on the radio, so I didn't really see a lot of it, but um sounded like he was really dominant. And uh yeah, I was really happy to see that too. Best bullpen ERA in the MLB. Yeah. Yeah incredible crazy um it's it we were really holding on to it for a, with a with a really light thread though it felt like the baseball gods you know in the eighth or whatever end game there it felt like that we're supposed to lose this they really want us to lose this you got that absurd home run by Xander Bogarts. Oh my what, God. Like, oh my, like you don't see things like that unless you're either Vladdy or his dad. Yeah. <laughs> that was a crazy home run. Like that was an amazing, maybe not amazing, but that was a good pitch by Dolis. Yeah. And it was probably the first time I enjoyed watching Dolis. I don't know. Uh, there was, there was one pitch that he had. It felt like, it felt like everything made sense to me. He was going so slow, so slow. And, and then he just like exploded. Like it was the fastest delivery he'd ever done in his life after wearing down JD Martinez. And then he throws it right down the middle and Martinez is like, what, what? I didn't know you could move faster than a sloth. <laughs> it, it was beautiful. One of the things that for me is starting to happen. This is when Dolice was on the mound and uh, Biggio just hiked the ball. Yeah, in the let's dirt talk for, like, it's just like, it's just like what he does now. But they and then they always show the camera right to the pitcher. And I'm just waiting because it must be getting to a point where some one of the pitchers someday is gonna just like lose it. Because it's happening enough where it's 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 beyond uh kids learning how to play a position. Mm -hmm. Like it happens like and this is just you know, this isn't stats. It feels like 50% of the time something happens. Like either a, a a bobble, sometimes they'll still get them out, or like a throw that hikes in the dirt. And it's Bichette and it's Biggio. And then Guriel's really jumped into the mix too with just some absolute diarrhea. Yeah. I'm I'm not I'm not worried about Bo right now. I haven't I mean, yeah, he's gonna yeah, still an error last night. I know. I know. But like I can I can live with that error. I what I what I'm I'm really struggling with is the, is the throwing into the dirt and like uh, I think yeah, we have to give um, Kevin a little bit of benefit of the doubt because I do think he's dealing with an injury on his throwing hand. Uh-huh. Um, and they were saying that last night that uh, one of the reasons why he was playing right field when he came back was because there would be fewer plays for him. Like because Ryu is pitching, there's gonna be a lot of ground balls. He would have had a lot of action at third base. And if his hand's not feeling right, then and you'd have to think he's either got the yips or his hands like partly broken because those throws are just, they're like nothing else. Yeah. At least, I mean, he got 
I was so worried about him because right after that ball came right to him again. It was an even further throw. I know. I know. It was so stressful. You were like, oh no. You could just like foresee the meltdown before it even happened. So what do you do with him? Okay, here's my question for you. Okay. Vladdy, Bo, Cavan, Simeon. Give me your ideal infield if nothing matters. If feelings didn't matter, contracts didn't matter, development didn't matter. You were trying to win one game. If it was one game to save your life, you position those four anywhere you want on the infield. What what is it? I mean, I I don't think I'd change anything. I I mean, unless I've got a bunch of time, like Bo's never played second before. I'm not having him for the first time in this winter winner takes all do or die game playing second base for the first time just because I like Simeon better at short. Mm-hmm. I would I would I think I would switch the corners. <sighs> Dude, I'm telling you, I'm telling you there is a confidence going on with Vladdy right now and it would all depend on if he wanted to. If Vladdy's heart Apparently is still he aching to be a third baseman, exactly. So if he's good and he wants to do that, get his ass over there. Put Cavan at first. His hand hurts. You don't have to make too many throws at first base. Get Cavan over to first base. Vladdy is confident right now. He is looking athletic right now. I can't imagine him being worse than Cavan. I could imagine him, you know, maybe being equal. He has got the best arm on the team, and he's over there at first base not using it. Mm-hmm. Guy's got a fucking cannon. Yeah. Yeah. He got He We did get to see him there. We saw yeah, him. And you saw him come in on that foul the foul ball play. You charge it and launched a strike to first base. Yeah. Yeah. On the run. He, he that was that was a tryout for him. He was showing he knew that ball for was sure. foul and he was like, look at this. I loved that. On the yeah. run, like like perfectly into the glove. He didn't Rowdy didn't move his hand. You know, it just went straight in there, right in his chest. Oh, it was it was gorgeous. I would bet you that we're about to see Vladdy get a start at third base. Yeah. I mean, it makes sense. I think it it, it does make sense. And so when you ask me what I would do, that's what I would do. I'd put Kevin at first. Not Rowdy? Rowdy DH. Or, you know, depending on where Kevin's at with his injury, you know, Kevin could DH. It's a bit, you know, nothing like a DH hitting a buck 60, but... Is what it is. Would you would you consider begging Marcus to play third, and just putting well, putting Cavan back at second where he's the most comfortable? I, I don't know. I guess in in theory, you can have any conversation with anyone. It would just depend on what his reaction to it would be. Um, Marcus in the post game interview last night seemed like he wanted nothing to do with anything and seemed uh, he didn't even say goodbye when the interview was over. Really, I didn't so see I that. I don't know what I happened. Don't know if that was, he just seemed. I mean, there's this weird delay with Sportsnet right now on the questions and the answers, but he just seemed like he was in a mood about something. God knows what it was. I mean, who knows if he even if he was in a mood? But let's say he was in a mood. You know, hey man, play second. Hey man, bat lead off. Hey man, bat sixth. Hey man, can you play third? Um, hey man, I know this is a contract year for you and money's going to be a really important thing and you need to play well this year and your entire livelihood depends on it. But can we keep fucking with you here, there and everywhere? Mm. I mean, what if, what if, uh, what if you said three years, 45 million want to play third the rest of the year and for the next, uh, three years after this? I think he thinks he can make more money than that. If he's as an amazing year. (sighs) 
Well, he's not so far. No, he's not. And, you know, he's looked, I mean, last night was a little bit of a turnaround and, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I think playing at third, but if you went to him, if if you went to him and said, Hey man, you want to play third? And he was like, fuck yeah, that'd be great. Do it. Go play third. Well, they asked him what he wanted to play. And he said, second, he likes being involved in the double play. He likes being up the middle. I don't know. I feel like if I was him and if I was another team thinking about either bringing him in at short, I would think that him playing at third would be give the people the best idea whether or not he's still a shortstop or not. Mm, I don't know about that. Uh, yeah, I don't know about that. I don't know either, but uh, it's it's a curious thought, man. Something has to be done. I don't think I don't think they can keep running Biggio out at third for much longer. Well, why not? Like why why like because we're gonna lose games. Baseman. We're gonna lose. Okay. We're gonna lose games, and we want to win games. So maybe maybe the development's more important than than winning games right now. Who's develop? development is more important than winning games. Yeah, maybe if he's your third baseman. Don't you want him to learn how to play third base? But I don't. <sighs> maybe this isn't your year. Maybe it, deep down the the front office doesn't think this is the team, and maybe the development is more important. Well, I I don't see how they think that he's the fu- third the future at third base. Yeah, but they're sort of fucked right now. Right. This is sort of worst case scenario with the additions that they made. Yeah. Well, I mean, we talked about Espinal a little bit too. We got to see him play third base. He looks like a wizard, you know. Uh, he's he's a th- okay. So, but then what do you do? You sit. I know. Vigio? I know. That's it's it's a, it's quite the dilemma. It's quite yeah, it's a huge problem. The dilemma. How about this? How about you rotate sitting Guriel and Rowdy as your as your prime DHs slash first base, and uh, you say, "Listen, Cabin, uh, you're you're playing left for the rest of the season unless Guriel starts tearing the cover off the baseball again." You've got Guriel, who has the potential to be a really elite offensive player, who you might want to use at trade bait at some point in the season to get some sort of pitching. And you're going to sit that guy, make sure that his bat doesn't get hot because he can't get the momentum going just so you can put Biggio in left field just because he can't play third base, just because. Play him every day uh, at DH, then I don't care. Play, keep his, keep his bat going every day. I don't, I don't want to see him in the outfield as much as I don't want to see uh, Biggio at third. Hey guys, I want Luis Castillo from the Cincinnati Reds. And I've got this great piece, Guriel. Uh, please don't put him in the field. He's absolutely atrocious. He's just a bat. Will you give me him? No. I don't know. You got to weigh how many games you're going to win in the future by getting Luis Castillo versus how many you might lose with having Biggio and uh, Guriel in the lineup <laughs> on the left side of the field at defense. <laughs> It's it's really tough, man. There's all these like leaking holes right now, and it's tough to keep them all plugged. Yeah, because w- you win some, lose some, and every choice that you make around the diamond right now. Well, I don't see how George Springer comes back. I don't see how uh, Grichuk isn't playing in the outfield over Guriel right now. I don't see I don't see it happening. Okay, so then uh, Springer comes back, but then what happens when Teoscar comes back? Yeah, those three are the outfielders: Grichuk, Teoscar, and Springer. So then Guriel's your DH. Rowdy doesn't play. Well, Rowdy plays when when Vladdy's DHing. Or No, but then but but Guriel has to DH. Well, or he sits. <laughs> it's tough. I know it's tough, it's but tough. I want to win games. I don't I don't care about the trade bait. Yeah, I know, but you can win games by getting Telez hot because when he gets hot, he is you know, explosive. Same with Guriel. So let's 
let's go back and forth. Let's see who gets hot first and ride them. Yeah. Yeah. Fair. I don't know. It's 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 a tough hole, but they did it to themselves. Right? Yeah, they totally did. They they could have they could have traded Guriel when his when his value was uh peaking, I feel like, in this offseason. Maybe it'll be maybe it'll be back up there again at the trade deadline. I mean, maybe that's why Guriel's off to this rough start. Well, because he's been like just trade bait. That doesn't make like me feel good year. either. Because you know, Grichik Grichik dealt with uh, the same kind of thing, except for he was deemed untradeable. <laughs> and yeah, uh, I mean, all all guys are different, and it is still early enough where in a month you and me could be like. Guriel is just looking so good at the plate, man. He's got his average up to 300. And what's the deal with Grichik? Oh, my God. Yeah. He just keeps striking out. No doubt. No doubt. But Grichik is uh, he's a better outfielder. Um, are you done yet with Danny Jansen? Or... I mean, after after Kirk got that pinch hit last night, yeah. I, I, I was thinking as that happened, I was like, is that the first successful pinch hit of the season? Like, I, I couldn't remember anyone coming in to do a pinch hit and hitting I feel like maybe palacios got a pinch hit single but maybe not i can't remember i don't know i don't know but uh i mean danny's gonna keep he's gonna keep catching for ryu and mats at least uh so danny jansen has become the new age josh Tolley, who just catches for ryu just like Tolley caught for dicky yeah and can't hit squat like the man could hit in the minor leagues. I don't get what the issue is. Like he doesn't even look like a major league player right now. Mm-hmm. I, don't I don't know. He's he's bad. Yeah. He's really bad. And uh, I think Kirk Kirk can be great. And I haven't seen again. Like I uh, this 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 topic comes up again and again and again. But I can't. I don't know enough about what good catching looks like and how to quantify that and what game calling means and the success of pitchers because of a catcher. I can't tell the difference between good catching and bad catching beyond do they block the ball? Do they catch the ball? Do they throw people out? Neither of them really throw people out, but it seems like Kirk can block the ball. The one thing I can see with Danny Jansen is that he is quiet behind the plate. He is good at framing pitches. Mm-hmm. And apparently he's top 10 in defensive war for catchers. Well, there you go. So, you know, I mean, top 10 is not, you know, mind-blowing. I mean, top 10 defense and then uh, dead last offense isn't, <clears throat> it's not an amazing combination. I would take top 15 defense and top 15 offense over that. Right. Well, I guess is does it become less important once you have Springer and Teoscar back and it's just like your number nine guy and he makes an. Oh man, there's a lot of pressure right now on Springer coming back. Everybody says Springer's coming back, Springer's coming back, and as soon as Springer comes back, this whole dynamic is different. This whole team is different. Well, he might come back Friday and he might need some time. You know, we might not see what he's capable of for a while. Yeah, and that's fine. But like this team, at least at that point, we have enough guys. Where, you know, if if Springer's struggling, he's still probably having a decent at bat. He's still leading off. He's getting, he's seeing some pitches, and we have, we still have healthy for now. Bo and Vlad, we have like people can can help ease the burden of Springer coming back and Teoscar coming back because, you know, we're not we're not winning a bunch of games, but we're staying, we're keeping our head above water without them right now because Vlad is so good. 
and Bo is you just don't want to get buried too early and then have to dig your way out of this massive hole mm-hmm. yeah i i agree but what do we, we what do we got raise next we got raise next it's three three game series in the trop yep. starts out with mats and glass now so if you're george springer and you haven't played in God knows how long you step into the dish with <laughs> glass now, throw a 99 wicked slider, change up. It's tough. If that's me, I'm I'm feeling so good about that. That's that's the day I want to come back. I want to come back with the best guy out there and I want to eat him up. I want that glory. I need that. Um before we go and and uh I just want <laughs> I wanted to say what a rude move. Uh, to to Tim Mazel last night. You you caught it too in the game diary. He, he, he gets the two outs and then Castro comes in and gets the save for two pitches. Literally two pitches. He gets credited with a save. Like and and Mazel had never gotten a save in his life. And you do that to him? Oh my god! I know. It was fucking. It was just like this little like, hey man, can I spit in your mouth? Yeah. <laughs> And you know, I get it. They want they don't want him to pitch to to JD. Martinez is a beast. And there's a guy on base would have been six five if he hit a dinger. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. yeah. But okay, final question before we go, David: Are the Red Sox better than the Blue Jays right now? Right now, yeah. Okay, I can dig that. Their lineup, their lineup is, you know, it's like I wonder what will look like in two years. You know that I think I think I was thinking last night. I was like, oh, there's, there's like less grease on this team without Pedroia. But then I was like, you know what? The new rat, Verdugo. Yeah, totally. <laughs> he is. He is. He really is. Um, yeah, I'm tempted to agree with you. I'm. I'm. You know, we got to see two games, and we saw the best pitcher in the rotation right now, and then we saw what the rest of the pitching staff kind of looks like, and uh, the bullpen didn't seem great. Uh, I don't know what the rest of their pitching starters look like, but Garrett Richards seems like a, 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 a fun day at the plate. <laughs> I'll say that. I don't think that at the end of the day they'll be better, but, I mean, you specifically asked right now, and my answer right now is yes. Mm-hmm. There's just way too many guys on the Jays batting below 200. There's way too many. Yeah. Yep, too, and too many guys on the injury list, you know? Yeah. All right, well... uh off day tomorrow is that or off day today yeah off day today. off day today back at it tomorrow versus the rays mats versus glass now who you got game one game one big return of george springer Ooh. george springer miraculously hits a ding dong ding first dong. pitch uh no i can't go first pitch. <laughs> i've never i've never had a prediction on this show even come remotely true so i mean i can't <laughs> i'm just sort of ruining it now by saying all this but uh jays win six three first game okay i'm uh i'm going with a two one victory for the rays Ugh, that's so gross. I know. That's such a gross thing to do. I know. I, it, it, it's just what instinctually came out without me thinking about it at all. So. so that just came across like you just drank some worm juice. Yeah. Uh, I, got a, I got a bottle of it next to me. going to polish <laughs> it off after we finish this and I get in the editing room. Um, thank you for listening. This is Underdogs. I'm Jacob Eman. He's David Patrick Fleming, and we will return. Mm-hmm.